Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Garoppolo. Thrown down. Brian Burns gets there. Spider-Man. What a pass rush by Burns. See how quickly he got to the edge and got This is Desmond the Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And welcome into a brand new edition of the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. We were going to pre-tape it, and literally five seconds ago, I decided, you know what? Let's just go off the rip and just do it live like we normally do. We're doing it live. So I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by the all-time leading Panthers rusher, Jonathan Stewart. Skylar Callahan cannot be here tonight, but we've got a, a loaded show for you guys. Uh, Sam and Chris from the Perfectville podcast from Believe Podcast Networks. They are the podcast hosts for the Miami Dolphins. Of course, you know, we've got the Miami Dolphins this Sunday, 1 o'clock. I believe that's on Fox. I'll double check that before we're out of here. Um, so we've got that going on. Uh, former offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers, Frank Garcia, who was actually Frank Wright's center back uh, when Frank Wright was starting for the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be on a little bit later. He's going to talk to us a little bit about Frank Wright, uh, the offensive line, the issues we're having there, things that he's seen uh, that he might want us to take a closer look at. So we got a loaded show. Of course, you know, um, on Carolina Panthers and it's <laughs> – I'm almost afraid to ask it, Stu. Um, if you if you're familiar with our show, you're well aware that we have a segment uh, called "Tell Them Are You Mad," and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of. Uh, I feel like I open this the same every week. <laughs> See, there's a lot of uh, angry Panther fans out there. So, yeah, I'm gonna tell you, are, you why we mad. Son. I'm gonna tell you why we mad. Son. Just uh, you know, hit us up in the comment section like you normally would. The YouTube channel, uh, youtubecom forward slash radio or uh, underneath the Facebook watch. We've got brand new social media uh, channels for you guys to go follow. Follow us on Instagram at Believe in Carolina Panthers. Follow us on Twitter at Believe in Panthers and follow us on Facebook at Believe in Carolina Panthers. So you can get exclusives. We'll be throwing clips out, things of that sort uh, from over there. Before we get started with the guys at Perfectville, uh, let's get a quick read from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And normally where we start is the box score. where We go back and look at uh, what we did the previous week, Panthers and uh, the Lions. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that this week. We're not going to do that to y'all. Y'all already spent the past two-plus days dissecting what went wrong, what went right, yada, yada, yada. Um, Stu, I want to concentrate on this Miami game and get into the bye week. It feels like... We need to buy. <laughs> we need to buy in the worst way. Um, how was your uh, How was your two days after Sunday, sir? Because uh, Panther Nation going yeah. through. <laughs> They're going through. Yeah, I mean, it was good that I was I was actually in California uh, with my family on vacation on fall break. So it was actually probably good that I wasn't necessarily here yeah. uh, to <laughs> really deal with the woes of being a Panther fan right now. But man. It was hard to watch, you know, because, I mean, obviously we're struggling in the depth department um, across the whole board. But, you know, what you want to see is um, with a team that's you know, been struggling like we have been struggling and, and growing, potentially growing. Like when I say grow, um, that's a good thing because sometimes growth hurts, right? Growing pains. But – what I don't like is seeing us take steps backwards. Um, and that's the impression right now that I feel is happening because I don't really feel like there's, um, you know, the right chemistry going on within, you know, you know, the coaching staff, 
you know, I feel like the locker room is depending on the coaching staff maybe a little bit too much because you got younger guys filling in spaces that they're not really used to. Um, I mean, it's 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 a struggle, man, being a Panther fan. Um, so you, you show up, you know, Sunday, whether you're at home with your family, um, and you expect to be entertained. And um, I know that the product on the field right now is not something worth, you know, watching uh, as a Panther fan. Um, now, if you're an opposing team, um, you're probably licking your chops and <laughs> looking at the schedule right now and saying, well, we got the Panthers next week. That should be a, you know, easy cleanup. But, and so, you know, being a, you know, former player, like that's, that's what goes in your mind. Those are the thoughts that go on in your mind. Like, man, we can't be the chumps. We can't yeah. be, we can't walk into a game and just, you know, get hit in the mouth like that um, time after time. And, you know, games previous to this one, you know, we've at least been, we've at least had a chance, you know what I'm saying? Third quarter, fourth quarter, um, we've made some, you know, mistakes here and there that have put us in certain situations, but still going throughout the game, you can kind of look at the, you know, the TV and say, oh, we're still not out. We're still not out of it. We still got a chance. We just need a couple big plays here and there. We're back in it, right? And it happened this game. So, Luckily, I was in California watching sunsets. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me – I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it, and I'm, I'm bringing in the perfect Bill guys here in just a sec, but I got to because – Yeah, I'm going to tell you why we mess. I'm going to tell you why we mess. I've been sitting on it for like two or three weeks, this nagging feeling of maybe we should have kept Steve Wilkes. And like I, it's like I can't shake it each week because each week I see the same things happening. And then Frank Wright, bless his heart, he just – he keeps saying things in the press conferences. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he keeps saying stuff he don't got to say, and he says it, and it makes everybody go, "Huh? Huh? Man, what is happening? <laughs> what you mean it was only for one receiver? Like what you mean that this was going on or that was going on?" So I, I don't know. I feel like again, same script. It's like we threw it in the chat GPT. It's like give me a uh, give me the script for a Carolina Panthers game Sunday versus whoever guys from Perfectville. Pay attention because this is probably how the game is going to go on Sunday. It's going to be a tight rock fight for most of the game. We're going to do something that's going to allow you to score. <laughs> and then we're going to do something else that's different from the first one. It's going to allow you to maybe score again. It's going to be close to the fourth, and then you're going to pull away. And when you pull away, the box score is going to look all weird. It's going to be like, oh, the Panthers played like horrible. But you guys watching the game are going to know we were in a tight game the whole game until the very end, and then they just ran out of bodies. Like That's literally been the case on Sunday. What was it, Stu? Three turnovers, 21 points. From it, we lose 42 to 24. That's kind of the game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, literally, it's the same story we've said every week with this team, and it doesn't feel like they're adjusting. I will say that it does feel like Bryce Young is improving from week to week. So I don't understand the Bryce Young slander um, that we're getting from a lot of the fan base, a lot of Frank, uh, Frank Wright slander, a lot of David Tepper slander. Panther fans are going through it. But the Panthers are going to play the Miami Dolphins. We're going to talk a little bit more of that when Frank Garcia comes in a little bit uh, about the Panthers and culture and everything else. But while we got the Perfectville guys here, um, t- tell us, what's it feel like to uh, to win football games, guys? Because <laughs> <laughs> it, Good for once. <laughs> yeah, it feels great. I, don't, it, I know you guys are mad. I'm happy, man. I'm having a good old time this season. I will say this. Frank Reich looks like the store manager of an auto parts uh store and he's trying to sell you some sort of carburetor that you're like i don't need it i just bought a carburetor from you last week he's like you, you need there's one carburetor you need that carburetor like, he doesn't look like the guy that you're gonna trust is he not i mean i just i feel like you can't trust a backup quarterback from the buffalo bills that's all i'm saying wow um but <laughs> uh hey man listen like look look Hey, I, I can't hate look, on look, I can't look, hate look. on Frank Reich. I played with his brother right, Chris. Uh, for his brother right, Joe Chris. at Wingate University. So yeah, well, there you go. Save save your boy Sam. Yeah, I'm saving him. Jonathan, I don't you don't know this, but I live in Charlotte. I'm just in Indian Trail. I'm just south of Charlotte. Oh, word. Uh my, my son plays for Sun Valley High School and he's playing Thomas Davis's son on Friday, TJ oh. uh Weddington. So it's gonna be a what's big son, game. What's what's uh how old is your son? Uh he's a sophomore. He's a running back and outside linebacker. Okay. We're seven and oh, so Big game Jeez, against Weddington, six and one. It's gonna be good. Might I played. Need, a- I might need. I might need to come out. Yeah, come okay. on out. Let's, Let's go. go. What class is Sun Valley? Uh, Sun Valley's four uh, A. Oh, okay. They're, they're the same conference as Weddington. So, oh wow. Uh, my son there? and TJ Davis have been playing against each other since Pop Warner. So, uh, they're the same age, growing up together. Uh, I've seen TD at all the Pop Warner games and stuff. 
Weddington and everything like that. So this is, this is a big game. Uh, they're six and one. We're seven and zero. And I played at Wingate University for Joe Reich, uh, which is Frank's br- brother. And uh, Sam ain't wrong about what they look like. <laughs> what, um, we, you know, we, we just coaching wise. I mean, come on, you got a, you got a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young. You know, he did things at Alabama that like two of you know we we're going through the same thing. It's like it's Alabama quarterbacks actually going to do something in the NFL and. Who was taking a couple of years, but he's doing it right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still going to give Frank, in my opinion, like a year or two to like get this thing running because I mean, the talent yeah. around him is not 100% great. Uh, we got injuries, and in, in, like we said off air, uh, Desmond, like you guys have lost a lot of close games that have got pulled away at the end because I live here in Charlotte. I've watched a lot of you guys' games. So, um, you know, I, I'm not coming in this game thinking it's going to be a steamroll. Honestly, I, I was more confident in the Giants game than the Panthers game because, A, the Panthers, they're pissed. They're, they, they haven't won a game yet. I hate playing against a team that hasn't won a game yet because you come in there and you overlook them. You know, we got the Eagles coming up. We got the Chiefs coming up. You, you know, it's very easy to overlook the Panthers yeah. at, at home. So uh, I, I'm not writing this off as a big-time uh, victory as I did the Giants game last week. No, and, and look, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I was just – if we're judging – coaches by how they look we are not in a position to say anything to anyone because based on the looks of our coach he would have been helping jonathan stewart with the audio problems that he was having earlier he looks like the (laughs) it manager of a software company right like you can't judge the book by the cover in this case uh but that being said i i as as a longtime buffalo bill hater anytime i can get a chance to throw a dig at a former buffalo bill i'm going to because uh, they beat us, and I can't say anything else other than take shots at their looks, apparently. But no, I, look, the Panthers, uh, I, I've, I've always enjoyed the Panthers. I'm not from North Carolina. I live in California, actually. I'm originally from Oregon. Um, but I like the Carolina Panthers when they came in. They've always seemed like that franchise, especially early, that gave the San Francisco 49ers fits. And I don't like the San Francisco 49ers, so I always appreciated them. I've always rooted for them from afar. They're just You guys are going to get better. I mean... Look, uh, say what you will about Nick Saban. I have my thoughts on him, but he has turned Alabama from uh, really the Ohio State of quarterbacks to almost a quarterback factory when you look at who has come out of there recently with Tua. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones for a bunch of reasons, but you know he had some success, at least his rookie season. Um, I, I have a feeling that the Alabama quarterback chain, Jalen Hurts, is another one there. I mean, they're, 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 they're really good. They're starting, they, they, they're turning into really good pros. So if I was a Carolina Panther fan, I would just preach patience when it comes to Bryce Young. Um, and you got to get some pieces around him. I mean, there's there's a couple there that are good, but uh, you know, you, if you guys upgrade that over the next couple of years, you guys will be just fine, especially in that division. Okay. I mean, we 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 feel that way, but we we also are like it's bro, it's week six. Like we still yeah. got <laughs> we still got what twelve games, no, eleven games to go uh, in this season, and like our fan base has gone from wanting to trade off Christian McCaffrey, wanting to trade mm-hmm. off uh, DJ Moore, um, a lot of them wanted to trade Brian Burns, and now it's like it feels like to me a lot of them are stuck on this not having a first round pick. Like, that's what their mind has shifted to. So, well, we don't even have a first-round pick, so we'd be fine with losing all the games if we had our first because then we could draft Caleb Williams or whoever. And I'm like, this team doesn't need a first-round pick. This team needs a bunch of thirds and fourths. Yeah. Like, they need depth, like, you know? And what people felt, what people felt to realize, too, is, like, you don't you don't turn a, a, a team around based off of one draft pick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that just doesn't happen. Now, a multitude of different transactions in the offseason, you know, getting the depth, having a starting quarterback, having a solid defense with depth. <laughs> like, like Skyler, Skyler called this, I think I said, what, March? Yeah, way back. <laughs> a long time ago. He <laughs> said, our problem is going to be depth. Like, our starters are, are, are we're going to be okay with our starting, with our starting lineup. But when whenever there's a there's a chance that someone goes down, that's where you have, you know, a championship contender team and a loser. I mean, I've been on teams where, you know, we just had, you know, shortage at certain positions that were needed. Um, you know, you can't you like on offense, man, like rhythm is based on the trenches. If you got the trenches like nailed in the coffin. And you can, you know, bank on certain plays running a certain way, and you can bank on that play getting you that five yards when you needed, uh, giving you 
certain protections um, to, you know, have certain routes developed downfield. Like those are major. Um, and that right now is something we don't have, um, quite frankly. And I mean, we just obviously lost Zavala. I'm really, I'm not really sure what we're going to do there. Um, but man, like it does sound like Zavala's going to be okay. Though. It, it, he, just, it just sucks to watch. You know, yeah. it's, it's not something easy to watch. And, but one of the things I've been also being vocal, vocal about, you know, being on this side now retired and, you know, being a fan, like when you draft a rookie quarterback, when you have a new coaching staff, you as a fan have to press the reset button. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care how hard it is to press it, Great. but you got to press it because I look at your guys' situation there in Miami. You pressed it four years ago, and now you're reaping the war- reward. Just now. It's, Just it's, now. it's, it's taken four years, like right. And get- last and and last year it was probably like gut wrenching watching your quarterback get you know banged up and injured, yeah. not playing, playing. Who's well, in going the first to play? year, Fitzpatrick's playing over him in big moments, and yeah, like yeah. all these different things. Our leading rushers, our backup, you know, quarterback. There's a lot of pain points to get through. So, to the fans of Carolina, it's not going to be a quick thing. It's not a band aid tear. It's going to mm-hmm. take time. You're going to have to struggle through losses in Detroit, who's not the Detroit of old anymore. You know, I mean, it's going to happen. But you got to just look forward and know as long as you keep the pieces around them uh, and build more around them too you know, you can get better. I mean, you talk about depth. It's a perfect example. We scored 70 points against the Denver Broncos without Jalen Waddle. Without yeah. Jalen Waddle. He didn't play. Yeah. What team yeah. doesn't have Jalen Waddle that the offense doesn't take a drop down? We scored 70. So that depth there was huge for the guys to step up. We're losing A-Chan, you know, this rookie running back that's lighting it up. We got Jeff Wilson coming back this week. I mean, the depth is just there that a lot of teams don't have. And it takes time building those guys, taking a chance on running backs from the 49ers that were second, third string guys that, you know, Mike McDaniel believed in and he's bringing them over to the dolphins and it's paying dividends to it. The the irony though, of, of Christian McCaffrey going to the San Francisco 49ers, Jeff Wilson jr. Saying, okay, I need to be traded because I'm not going to play here. And then going to the Miami dolphins and then now making his hopefully triumphant return against these very Carolina Panthers. I mean, there's, there's so many weird storylines that, that intersect all these teams, but yeah, I, you know, it's, I just, it, it, it takes time. I don't know. I mean, you said it started four years ago. That was like the fourth rebuild in 20 years. I mean, we never got to <laughs> it's this been, point. It's been a like, while since Marino. We don't know what yeah. to do with our hands. We're kind of like, I, I'm so used to just having a sad beer and crying and that's not, now it's a happy beer. It's good. I don't know. The, the loss of uh, A-Chain, I did see that today that he's out. and he, Y'all guys might put him on IR and that kind of thing. I didn't realize my man was averaging 12 yards a carry. Did you Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you pronou- you, you're supposed like, to pronounce his name Achan. Achan? Yeah. Is that what it is? Achan? Uh, yeah, so when, you, when you're getting 12 yards per carry, you, we call him whatever call he him wants. Call him whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. yeah. <laughs> when I saw he was out, I was just like, because <laughs> like yeah. we've been getting gassed in the run game. And I'm trying to – I'm sitting back thinking like, Five, six yards is usually like the, the peak of like what a running back is going to get to in terms of like that's Jim Brown yeah. <laughs> average. This yeah. dude's averaging 12 a carry. Yeah. Like, what is happening in Miami? How big of a loss? The offense, is I can tell you, I can t- I can tell you what it is. That offensive line. Yeah. Now, this if you go like- back to watch that, what is it 64 yard run, 74 yard run mm-hmm. off the left, off the left tackle there? Yep. I mean, the offensive it line, does. they're moving like machines out there. And they're getting in position, but not only that, you got an offensive coordinator that's actually, you know, creating, you know, spacing for, you know, certain gaps to be hit, right? You know, you got you got motion, you got receivers going in motion that have been getting the ball on, you know, wide receiver, you know, swings and stuff like that. Um, when you get guys in motion, linebackers got to shift, and when linebackers shift closer to where the offensive line has to go and meet them to make a block. I mean, they're doing everything right, man. Well, and Jonathan, you, you know, as more than anybody, I played middle linebacker. You get a linebacker's hip turn one way yeah, and you cut back the other way. It's over. It's a wrap. It's and a wrap. we're doing this without Armstead. Left tackle is out. Our starting left tackle is out. And we're still doing that with our backup lineman who played at Butler High School, by the way, here in Charlotte, uh, uh, Lamb. So, yeah, we got a lot of Charlotte ties to this game. It's pretty cool. I'm excited for it. Chris so knows where nice. everyone played high school, but where did I play high school? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, give me 
because we got Frank Garcia waiting backstage. We're going to bring him on just a bit. Um, got got uh, Sam and Chris, host of the Perkville Podcast on Believe Podcast Networks. If you're a Miami Dolphins fan or a football fan, go follow them uh, on Twitter. So give, as Panther fans, give us the one thing we should be worried about the most when it comes to the Dolphins. Sam, you want to go first? <laughs> no, I want you to go first. Right. I'm, I'm going to have a different answer. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's uh, stopping – Tua from getting the ball out of his hand so quick. I mean, it, you got to get pressure on him. You got to do it quickly because the way Mike McDaniel is drawing up this offense right now, there's a lot of motion. Like JC said, there's a lot of uh, misdirection, a lot of the same formation, uh, same play out of uh, different formations. Um, so it, it's a lot of stuff that you have to account for. And then every once in a while, if you bring enough guys in safeties down, you see like last week, Tyreek Hill one-on-one against a rookie from old dominion. It's all she wrote. He's wide open. He's gone. Cheetah, peace sign. Uh, It's pretty tough. And you got, you know, yeah, we lost a hand, but like you still got Mostert that's running hard. Jeff Wilson's possibly back. You got to force, in in my opinion, the best way to do it is how the Bills and Patriots is take away the pass. And that is to go maybe three safeties over the top and force them to run the ball. But you got to hope you have the team to stop the run. Uh, it's tough to stop our offense and I'm not being biased. I mean, literally we have more yards than any team in history in the first five games. So it's very tough to stop this offense. If I was a defensive coordinator, which I have been in the past with my son's football team, I'm taking away Tua's quick read and trying to get him to hold the ball and pressure him and force him to beat you with a run. But at that point, they're still a good running team. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's so many looks and pre-snap motions where, I mean, they have two halfbacks back there, and all of a sudden Jalen Waddle is motioning, you know, back to where a halfback would be, and you have two halfbacks that are put out where Jalen Waddle would be. If I'm a defender, I'm like, I, I give up. I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. It's too confusing. And then you have all the motion going one way after the snap, and yet a change going, you know, the other way. It's just like, okay, I don't know. So here's what I would here's what I'd suggest, and I mean this because we do this on our show, and we've been doing this a long time. We drink heavily as Dolphins fans because we had no choice. <laughs> we have an official drinking game with every single matchup, and this will be no different on our show if you guys want to tune in and get your own bingo card. As long as you get a bingo, you win, but you probably are going to be hungover. But look for the things that are going to happen during this game. We're celebrating Zach Thomas, current Hall of Famer, recent Hall of Famer. If they show Zach Thomas and some combination of Sam Mills or Luke Keekley on the screen at any time, you take a drink. If they show Bryce Young and Tua Tungabailoa at Alabama or embracing before or after the game, you take a drink. Stuff like that. And it just makes the game so much more fun, especially if it is a bad outcome for your team. You won't remember it in the morning as long as you play the drinking bingo game. So that's what I would recommend is just have some fun. I think we could have used you for the last, you know, four years. Yeah. Um, as far as like what we got some experience, and, man. And <laughs> things aren't going as what you may have wanted it to go. Um, you know, follow Sam Perfectville yeah. for yeah. more information about what to do when you're watching a game that you have no business watching. Yeah, I mean, our, our our show is basically you waking up on Christmas and realizing it's December 26th. Like, we will make it, we will keep it real for you. And I got to I gotta share the story because I know you guys got to go. And Chris was a part of this, so he'll back this up. But we went to a Thursday night football Carolina Panthers-Miami Dolphins game back in 2009, which, by the way, when I was telling my uh, my friends in my fantasy football league, the okayest fantasy league ever, they're like, please make sure you thank Jonathan Stewart for 2009. I'm like, okay, we'll do. So there oh, it is, check mark. But uh, Thursday night game, Ricky Williams, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart, Devon. Best Chad Henney is out there throwing it for the Jake Miami Dolphins. Yeah, there you go. So I'm walking in. Yeah, I'm on. walking into the stadium. We had a great, I mean, the best fans in the world, Carolina Panther fans, is having a good time drinking, having, you know, just fantastic time. Walking into the stadium, there's a very drunk Miami Dolphins fan chasing his head, just stumbling all over the place, right? And he's getting ready to fall. So I picked him up and I like literally picked him up to move him to save his. I'm not going to say life, but let's say life for the sake of the story. But as I picked him up, he goes, I'm king of the world. And he throws his hands up like Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic. And he hits me right in the tooth. And the tooth just exploded like a firework. And Chris is there. And Chris is with his wife. And Chris is like, that sucks, buddy. My seats are down here. Have a good night. So I had to go sit somewhere else with a busted tooth. And I was like, I don't want to feel another ounce of pain. So please keep giving me Jack Daniels until I get on a plane tomorrow and go home. This is a week before Thanksgiving, by the way. So I had to show up to my grandmother's house with one less tooth. And she's like, what happened? I'm like, North Carolina happened, Grandma. I don't know. She she almost sent me back. Who won that game? Dolphins won that game. But it was a very close game. Ricky Williams had 
a, a run that was crazy. Ricky Williams Especially, broke the record for the yeah. longest time between 100-yard rushes yeah. because he had been Ronnie Brown's backup and suspended and things like that. He yeah. Ronnie Brown was hurt, so Ricky actually got 100 yards rushing that game. And D'Angelo Williams is mic'd up after that and told him, you know, he wears 34 and everything like that because of because of him. So like that was a really cool game. Well, I'm glad we were yeah, there. Man. Uh, yeah, the, the originator, well, not the originators, the ones that made Wildcat Vogue in the NFL, those yes. squads with uh, uh, was Ronnie Brown and uh, Ricky Williams was there, and then ooh, it was Patrick uh, Cobb got in there. I'd like, to, I'd like to say that Dan, I feel, I'd like to say that D'Angelo Williams for the Panthers was you know a trailblazer for that department, though. Yeah, yeah, that, matter of fact, you know what, you're right, because we were doing it the year before, like before the mm-hmm. other, like the national media caught on, we had started doing Wildcat with D'Angelo was running it. Well, they're actually yeah. doing it at Arkansas. Because we, um, we had ran out of quarterbacks yeah. at one point. Yeah, we, yeah Darren we, McFadden was doing it over there. Darren but McFadden I, I will say right. thank you. I will give you guys credit. We appreciate you guys doing that for us. <laughs> sure. That helped us that season. Thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> we got we got to get Sam and Chris out of here. Go follow them on Twitter, the Perfect Goal Podcast. Go follow all the Believe Podcasts. There's one for all 32 teams. Uh, I believe there's a former NFL player attached to each one of those so definitely go check them out uh miami taking on uh carolina uh please don't drop a 70 burger on us or um like shannon sharp said a, a 50 piece with uh 20 flats for free don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want it we don't want it no. hey jay stu we'll see you at the weddington sun valley game friday man i'll say that again you see you at the weddington sun valley game on friday man that'd be good i'll put that atmosphere yeah, oh, yeah. yeah yeah that'll be a nice game to go to i'll i'll, I'll have to t- talk to td about it I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, he knows all about it. I know it. I've seen him out there. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, appreciate it. Good luck to you guys. Thanks, Thanks, man. Good luck. Hope both teams get out of it healthy. And uh, I hope you got a good game. And a Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good luck Sunday, guys. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. So we're going to get Sam and Chris out of here. We're going to bring in uh, former Panther center Frank Garcia, who's joining us here on the Believe in Panthers podcast. What's going on, Frank? How you doing? Not much. How are you guys doing? Pretty How good. How you doing, Frank? What's up, Mr. So, Hurt, man? Good, man. How's, how, how's your drop foot? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's hanging in there. I'm trying to survive one day at a time as long as I get out there and golf a little bit. But it's made coaching difficult. I'm coaching over at Charlotte Catholic right now. So, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, we got a big one this week against Butler. So, yeah. Uh, and we, we're, we're looking forward to it. I like this. We got this high school vibe going on in the yeah, show tonight. High a lot vibes. of Charlotte schools. Because, you know, I'm, I'm up in the triad. So, you know, there's a natural rivalry between uh, the Forsyth County and the Guilford County schools with Charlotte. It's been like that since, like, the 90s, really. And they they constantly clash. And we're all in the western region. So, like, you said Butler, Charlotte Cat. Like, all these teams are all in the west, the 4A west. So, you got all of them down there and Weddington and uh, – Huff and Chambers and Indy's back and <laughs> and then up here you got East Forsyth and Grimsley is probably the best team in the state and like it's it's crazy we're all on the same side so only one team's gonna come out of uh, this region so it's just chaos once we get to November but uh, happy to get you on shout out to my man Brenton Purcell uh, hooked us up with the contact with you um wanted to I wanted to bring you on primarily because um you you were uh, a Panther center and guard from '95 uh, mm-hmm. until 2003, if I'm not mistaken. So you were actually Frank Wright center. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to I want to gauge what you think is happening inside that locker room with Frank Wright and the team because it, some stuff's kind of coming out where we don't really know if that's actually fact or not. We're at that point of the season where uh, the fans are just talking just to talk. <laughs> like they, they they're literally like they don't know what to do with themselves. And they're, they're mad we don't have a first-round pick. They're worried we're going 0-17. The sky's falling. And they're wanting to blame Frank Wright. Give me give us an idea of Frank Wright's demeanor, like, from what you know of Frank Wright. Like, is he the type to panic? Is he the type to to change things on the fly when it's not working? Or is he the type to stay the course because he, he's that uh, adamant that his way is, is going to work? Well, I think he, he's got his knowledge from, you know, some a couple of really good coaches that – preach stay the course uh you know marv levy uh with the buffalo bills where he was at before he came here and then when he came here dom capers was here as well so you know he kind of learned uh you know how to uh, establish himself as a head coach but you know you kind of take bits and pieces from what those guys are going to teach you and you add your personality to it and frank's a even killed guy he played quarterback he understands uh you can never get too high you can never get too low uh you got to have that you know, that calm, cool demeanor as a leader in particular. And uh, I think that's the way he kind of approaches things. He's going to evaluate it. He's going to look at it. 
Uh, he's going to understand, you know, where they can be better, uh, where where they need to uh, improve, and uh, try to take advantage of some of those mismatches. But you know, as I'm sure you guys have talked about, with a young quarterback, it's tough to do that. Um, I'm, I can go back to you know, kind of my rookie year with Kerry Collins. Frank Reich started off. Kerry Collins came in, and uh, you know, it was pretty vanilla. Um, you know, run the ball, run the ball, play great defense, and uh, you know, run the ball some more, throw some play action in there. And it wasn't until we got to the San Francisco 49ers about halfway through the season where, um, you know, we thought that, uh, you know, we had a, a really good chance to go out there and uh, take advantage of some things. And, you know, not until then was really where they kind of let Kerry Collins, who replaced Frank, uh, eventually, ultimately, uh, you know, take over. So it's a, it's a process. Um I think there's a lot of people out there that when you draft the number one overall pick in the quarterback, you expect them to be Cam Newton. And, you know, Cam Newton was a different type of player. Uh, he, he He's a phenomenal athlete, um, you know, great leader, obviously. And, um, you know, the talent that he possesses uh, is he's a ball-dominant player. You know, he's kind of like, you know, a point guard that can go out there and score, do it all. Michael Westbrook, he's, he's going to be flashy. He's going to be able to do it. And – and then you're going to have guys like Chris Paul. You know, when you look at the quarterback situation now, we have more of like a Chris Paul. He's going to be able to see the field. He has to learn a little bit. Um, you know, Bryce is going to have to understand the defenses. And, uh, you know, in college, uh, you, you probably see a handful of them. So when you get to the NFL, things change up a little bit. And it's, um, you know, probably going from like algebra to uh, to physics. So, um, then you know, that's the difference in the level of play because there's so many different types of defenses. So you can't just give a guy a book and expect him to go out there and, and make things happen. It's going to be a learning process and he's going to have to make some mistakes. And um, he's, he's kind of cutting his teeth doing those things. And I think that uh, it's hard for us as fans because we're paying a lot of money to go to those games to be patient. So I get it. I get it from the fans perspective, but um you know, it, it's when you when you have a quarterback that's young, it just puts pressure on everything else. It's kind of a trickle down effect. You have a quarter a coach that's young that's kind of still learning his his quarterback. So uh, you you have uh, a lot of young things uh, that aren't really matured yet, and uh, they're real green. So it's going to take a little time for them to develop that chemistry. Um, you know, on the offensive line, um, you know they have some good players. Uh, they, they don't have dominant players. So, you know, they have to maybe kind of establish what time of, type of identity they want to have. But ultimately, it starts at the quarterback. But I think Frank Reich probably gets too much uh, blame. You know, it's like the quarterback coach, you know, wins, you get too much credit. Losses, you get too much blame. That whole adage uh, that, that, that uh, has been said forever. But um, I think it's a it's just a learning process. And, heck, when you, when you let a guy like Christian McCaffrey go and uh, – you know, more DJ Moore go. You 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 have uh, you you have a little talent deficiency, and I'm not saying these guys that they have aren't great or aren't good. Excuse me, but they're not great. Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey was a great player. Oh yeah, might be and an MVP he, candidate this yeah, season. Yeah. yeah, he is a great player, and you're seeing what he's capable of doing when you have an established team around him that you can bring a quarterback in that has had a little you know a little a little. Uh, seasoning and uh you know just go out there and get rid of the ball uh, he ma- he makes guys around him better and uh you know right now the panthers don't really have that type of player on the office they don't have another guy out there that's going to take pressure off of somebody else so you know it all falls on the quarterback's uh shoulders right now and i don't i think he's done a pretty good job to be honest with you i know that he's he's had some uh you know costly turnovers Th- again those things are going to happen but I think if you're evaluating him for the most part, um, it's kind of what you expect, in my opinion. So let me I'm gonna get Stu in here in just a second um, to ask you some questions as well. I do want to address this comment in the comment section here. We are live across all of our platforms tonight. Uh, Zaire Kefa, I hope I pronounced that right, said, the thing is, this owner and coaching staff sold us on the fact that we were just one quarterback away. We have, in fact, gotten worse this year. That's the shocker. Uh, to a certain degree, I agree with you. But I mean, we in week five now. We got to let that go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they did kind of phrase it like, yeah, we can parachute a quarterback in here and we feel like we can be a playoff team. They were wrong. <laughs> so, like, we need to, like, 
kind of let that go. I understand, Zaire, that you were sold a bill of goods that wasn't is not what you're getting back from the, the kitchen right now. But, yeah, they're selling tickets too now. I mean, yeah. you have to understand that too. They're trying to get fans excited about. Yeah, they're not trying to push you away. Like that, that, they're not trying to lose football games. Like they, they really honestly thought they're not going to. They're not going to start the season off saying, "Hey, fans, we're going to be six and uh, six and eleven this year." So just, just be patient with us. <laughs> like, listen, I got a question for you, Frank. Yeah. When it comes to this running game, like when things are going the way they are going. It helps to have a good running game. What about the Carolina Panthers running game? Do you see deficiency? Not just the obvious of like, oh, the offensive line depth. Like, is there anything in the sense of like scheme? Yeah. um, The type of runners that we have, um, you know, using, you know, maybe our weeks to our strength. I don't know. Like there's, I mean, just be, you being at that position at the offensive, you know, front. Yeah. Like, you know, what I, would you like to see? That's a great. I, I love uh, a team that has some physicality to it, that can line up and hit you in the mouth, get some good double teams, uh, run behind those double teams. But there's nothing better than when you have a lead back, an H blocker, or a fullback. You know, that's right. the, the H backs kind of, you know, where uh, you know teams are going now, but. Uh, when you look at the teams that are running well right now, uh, you know, the Niners, uh, the the Eagles, right, they have a scheme in place uh, that they're able to move guys off the ball. But I think a lot of that is, it, it's like I said, it's kind of a trickle-down effect. Um, when you look at teams and how they're going to play the Panthers, there's nothing really that scares them. So when defenses start creeping up and putting seven, eight in the box, those gaps and holes become tighter and smaller because there's nothing that fear that, that they fear expanding that defense. There's no speed out there that's going to expand it. So yeah. conquering down up front, playing heavy run, and it's really hard at any level, at any team, when you know you have to run the ball to be able to run the ball. So if you're going to do that, you got to have a 240-pound back like yourself. you got to have a guy that's going to be able to break tackles and make holes. And Miles Sanders is a good running back, right? But his success last year was based on two receivers for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, a guy that could spread the field and go be, basically be a third running back in the backfield that could spread the field and open that, uh, that defense up. On top of that, you look at the, the Eagles' offensive line, they're probably the best in the game. They're physical, they're athletic, uh, and they get after guys. They run that H block. They have uh, a good scheme. So I would say the one thing that I would really like to see the Panthers do would probably be, you know, especially in short yardage, is get a fullback or a bigger back. They had that guy last year uh, in Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought that that was a big loss for the Panthers this year. And it's not that Chuba Hubbard can't do it or Sanders can't do it, but there's not a guy that's going to run north and south between the tackles and then make the cut after he gets to the linebackers, right? I mean, yeah. more of a read, zone, press, and then try to get upfield where there's no downhill coming at you, where there's quick hitters to change a pace with a big back that's going to be able to break some arm tackles. So that would be the one thing that I would say that the Panthers probably could use as a big back to change that pace a little bit um, and some speed, some speed on the outside. Um, you know, because, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't think the offensive line is terrible. I don't think the scheme is bad. Um, I would just like to see, you know, a, a little bit more attitude, I guess. And, uh, you know, the only way you're going to do that is by practicing. We've got a former Panthers center, Frank Garcia, joining us here on Believe in Carolina Panthers. Skylar Carolina couldn't be with us tonight. He'll be back with us next episode. Um, Frank, um, you were with the Panthers from uh, the inception, nineteen ninety five through two thousand three. So you you've seen some of the highest of highs in franchise history and some of the lowest of lows. Um, you know you were on the the ninety six team that got all the way to the NFC uh, championship round against uh, Brett Favre and the, the Green Bay Packers, but you were also on the two thousand one team that bottomed out and eventually uh, led to us drafting Julius Peppers with that first round pick, number two overall. Um, give me give me a sense of did you guys know? at this point in the season, in that season, how the season was going to go? Or is it kind of a – is it really truly a game-to-game type of thing where you're not thinking that far down the road? But for me, I, I feel like if you're in there and you're seeing this stuff happen on the field, it's got to start creeping in your head like, 
yo, what are we doing? Like, what, what are we doing? Like, what are we going to do to fix this? And, and if it can't be fixed over a certain period of time, that I guess that doubt or something starts to creep in. I don't know. You guys have played at this level. I have not. So for both of you, what's it like? Because, Stu, you've been on teams like that, too. Uh, with oh, this yeah. franchise. <laughs> so like, what's it like it's when the ball is rolling the wrong way and it's not going the way you guys plan and it feels like you can't stop it? How do you stop the snowball from rolling down the hill? Have you been on teams? Because I think I think both of you have been on teams where it was rolling down the hill to begin and you guys figured it out halfway through the season and flipped the switch and started going the other way. We did that last year. So give me give me some ideas of what you think is happening in the locker room right now. Um I'm scared to death they're going to trade Brian Burns in this bye week. Like that's that's been my number one thought right now that they're going to trade Burns in this bye week and try to salvage some of this. And I, I feel like that's going to be the final straw for a lot of the fan base. Although a lot of the fan base is calling for it to happen because they they're stuck on not having a first round pick. Um, Stu, let me start with you and then go back to Frank. What's it like being in the locker room like that when you when you're starting a season like this and you guys are trying to figure it out? Like who do you who do you go to? Do you get to the players? Are you going to the coaches? Is it a combined thing? Like, give me give me an idea of what's going on. Yeah, man. It, like, I've been on several teams that have sucked. Turn <laughs> it that way. <laughs> um, but uh, but but what what you during what during those seasons, man? Like right now, you're zero and five. You're being talked about. I mean, like you have one. You can either do two things. You can you can quit. Mentally, physically, don't show up to practice, all that. Or you can see this as an opportunity if you're a player because you have a new coaching staff, you have a new quarterback, you have all the depth issues. If you're a guy that's second string, third string, this is your opportunity to be noticed. This is your opportunity to make you know a stamp of approval. Because I look back at the season that we went made the playoffs when we were six, nine, and one. Uh, yeah, sounds yeah. bad. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, we but we <laughs> but we ended up with that the end of that season. We started winning some games that we shouldn't have, right? To the public eye. But like within that locker room, there were guys that you started noticing. Like, man, this guy's in it for the right reason. He's playing for something bigger than just a paycheck. He's playing for his family. Like he just he just named off. Like during, you know, the lock, like the end of the game circle up, like, hey, I got kids I'm playing for. I need y'all to show up. Da, 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 da. Like when you get veteran guys that are leading young men in that locker room in ways that is opening their mind to like the bigger picture. You got to figure out what you're playing for. Are you playing to be seen or are you playing to win? And if you're playing to win, why are you winning? Why do you want to win? Like, there's got to be something that you're carrying within your briefcase every day to work that weighs way more than anything that you can really imagine losing, losing right? And so, like, you just got to dig deeper. Um, and there's an opportunity there for a lot of guys to step up. Now, also, too, you got to think to yourself, well, if we just keep on figuring this thing out as a unit and get these guys healthy and have a, a plated table waiting for them when they get back. Yeah. Like we can really kind of shock the world again. Like, yeah, you start all on five. We go into this week. We win this game. We won in five. Okay. Boom. One game at a time after that. We won right? last year. Because you're in a division that has no, like there's, there's no, one team that can actually say, oh, I got the torch over here. Okay, so if you go into this thing with the right mindset, you can end up like last year at the end of the year, crawling, scratching, doing all that you can to get a playoff ticket, right? And I'm not saying like, you know, blindly, like the Carolina Panthers are obviously a, a playoff team, but as a player, that's what you're playing for. That's the mentality you have to have. You got to go in there day in, day out, ready to ball like you're the starter, even if you're not the starter. And to piggyback off of what you just said, that was the 2014 season. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that was the year uh, Cam flipped his truck on the, uh, the highway coming into yeah. practice or whatever um, and had to sit out. And I think it was Tampa. I think he missed both the Tampa games that year uh, for mm -hmm. whatever reasons. And um, 
that led to 15 and 1 2015 the next year and the, the ride to the Super Bowl. Like it felt like it carried over from what you guys did in the year. And that was yeah. the feeling we were carrying into this offseason from what we had at the end of last year. We felt like a lot of those pieces are back. We upgraded the coaching staff. We brought in a quarterback, which has been what's been holding back the team for the past four years. They've got to be better than what they were last year, right? So I think that's what's confusing the fan base right now, where they're befuddled. They're like, we don't understand why we're losing these games. Frank, you've been on some of those types of teams within this franchise where they had some slow starts. Matter of fact, the Panthers are pretty notorious for having slow starts to seasons. Uh, I want to say Rivera was kind of known to start out slow, but he'd come in hot <laughs> in December. Like he he's winning like five straight yeah. in the year or whatever. And it was called, hey, it's cold outside. They don't want to tackle. Yep, they don't the want to tackle you when it's cold outside. <laughs> so, Frank, you, you walk me through this because Stu made excellent points in what he was saying there. And I, I, I agree with everything he said. Um, what was it like? Say like in two thousand, was it two, the two thousand one season? I guess um, where you guys were kind of, we just couldn't get out of our own way uh, at that point. And that's coming after having the success, you know, right out the gate. You know, ninety six, we're playing to go try to go to the Super Bowl in year two of existence. So we, it was weird, and then we finally kind of bottomed out, and then that built the John Fox regime going forward. But um, give me, give me kind of a vibe back then of how it was. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, like JC said, you got to have good leadership to first and foremost. Um, you know, you have to believe and have confidence that you're going to right the ship and uh, find a way through consistency and through effort and through hard work to go out there and get it done. You know, and, you know, unfortunately, on some of the teams that I played on, um, you know, and I'm not sure where the case falls with this team, but um, I, 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 I can have a bunch of guys I'm playing next to playing hard, right? But I can get garbage men off the street to come in and play hard. I need guys with talent and guys that are going to move people and guys that are going to make plays and guys that are going to win their one-on-one -on -one battles. And I think that's where it starts. You know, I think a lot of times when you get into teams, when things start going sideways, you have all these team meetings, right? I, you know, I don't know if they're good or bad. I think, you know, you can probably, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, we can do it. Shut up. Shut up. Bunch of screaming and shouting. It's all it is. You know, uh, words don't win football games. You know, actions do. Uh, you know, blocking and tackling does. And, uh, you know, making plays do. Th those are the things that win football games. It's not my mouth. So, you know, a lot of times we just have to, you know, grind it, bite your teeth, and, and get to work. And, uh, you know, make sure the guy next to you is pulling his his weight. You know, but first and foremost, make sure you're doing everything you can uh, to be the best you can be. And, you know, when you when you have a bunch of guys pulling in the same direction, you start getting some confidence. You start seeing some results. And we start seeing some results, that momentum starts to take place. And it, and it happens slowly. It starts matriculating into that snowball, you know, like you said. So that's the one thing that uh, this team, they have to find some success somewhere. And it's through hard work. It's through good leadership. It's through it's through believing in the guy next to you that he's doing his job and he's coming here and he's not jacking around in practice and he's putting all the time in in the film room and you know he's he's at his lifts on time and um, you know he he's he's going out there and doing everything he can. Then ultimately, you know, it's about getting the right players and uh, and, and and some talent. Um, and, and figuring out how to utilize that talent. And, and that's where you know, when you have a young staff, you know, not young as far as their experience, but when you have a staff that's young with the, the talent that they have, yeah, there's time to figure out how to use those guys and how to put them in the best position to be successful. So how do I get Thielen in a one-on-one -on -one situation? Do I motion him? Do I uh, set him off the ball? Uh, do I, you know, do I spread the defense? You know, is he, if he's going to be the guy, I think Bryce Young has completed half the passes he's completed to, to Adam Thielen. So, you know, we got to continue to get him the ball and they got to find a way to isolate those one-on-one -on -one matchups so that they can have favorable, uh, favorable matchups. Uh, and, and then that's what it comes down to is that, you know, when you're watching film, are you winning your one-on-one -on -one battles? I mean, football is a team sport, but, it's a team sport broken down into individual battles. If Jay Stu's mm. blocking a linebacker, he's got to win. If I'm blocking a nose guard, I got to win. And I got to want it more than that guy across from me. I'm not the biggest guy in the world, right? But I knew that I had to outwork and outlast and out hustle 
and out prepare my opponent. That's the only way I was going to do it. So, um, you know, for, for the guys on this team, they have some talent. They have to understand that they, they've got to, you know, create that, that momentum, um, you know, just through hard work. And I think that's uh, just going to take a little bit of time. And, um, you know, if everybody's doing their job, uh, it's not about the team meetings and the talking and, you know, those things. It's about just going out there and seeing results. Joining us, uh, joining us here is former Panther center Frank Garcia. Uh, Skylar Callahan couldn't be with us tonight. He'll be back with us next week. Um, real quick before we get uh, out of here uh, tonight, guys, we've gone five weeks into this season. Who's the team that's impressed you the most around the NFL right now? Well, I think for me, without a doubt, it's the Niners. Um, Boy, I watched that game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that Cowboy game. Yeah. <laughs> The Cowboys. I told you about the Cowboys. What I tell you about Desmond? Didn't look, I say? It? Look now, didn't I, I didn't say realize. It? I didn't realize the Cowboys were going to just stay home. Like they listen, man, just... <laughs> Dak Prescott, man, he he out here, man, just out here fooling everybody. Now, now, <laughs> the Niners defense because they are elite. Like Fred Warner out here, like just slamming people like to the ground. Like I mean, it's they are playing at a different. You were talking about you like teams that are physical, right? They, it comes through the TV when you watch the 49ers. It feels like they are looking to hurt you well, watch, <laughs> when they watch, come out. Watch the way their DBs come up and feel, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you can tell. You can tell when a team has confidence and belief. Number one, the running backs run harder than anybody else. Number two, the linemen are down the field picking, picking, picking running backs up when they get tackled or quarterbacks. Go back to that game and watch every one of those offensive linemen when Chris McCaffrey, 20 yards downfield, was getting tackled. Who was over there picking them up? He had yeah, two. You know, because it, it matters. They, it, they they care about what they're doing. I like that saying. It yeah. matters. Right. It does. That's yeah. really what it's all about, right? Yep. This is like going back to those seasons that just sucked. You figured out if the game mattered to the guy next to you. That's right. And when you saw it, if you saw the guy that it didn't matter, if you saw it, the coaching staff saw it. If the coaching staff saw it, the scouts are going to see it. Take the scouts off. are going to see it. The owner's going to see it. Yep. And next thing you know, you're going to be on next thing smoking out of the goddamn stadium. Look. And so it matters. Good. The 49ers out there just doing it up because they know what it felt like last year to be so close. But they do. They're best players. It matters to their best players. And when yeah. the players are out there setting the yeah. You know, I played for the Rams, too. When it's the Marshall Falks, when it's the Ozzy Kings, when it's Orlando Pace, when it's Torrey Holt, when it's Kurt Warner, when those guys are the best players and the leaders of the team setting the example, Aeneas Williams on the defense, Grant Winstrom, London Fletcher, when those guys are setting the example, everybody has everybody else on the team has no choice but to follow suit because there's nobody to point to. Well, if I'm playing hard, and the guy making the most money isn't, but he's making the most money, and it doesn't matter to him, that's a bad message to the rest of the team. Right. Yeah, so that's an excellent point. If he doesn't have to do it, why should I? He's making all the money, and I'm making all the plays, and I'm sitting here, you know, behind him or, hey, listen, you know, how can you preach to us when you're a star player? It doesn't matter to him the most. But to those guys, when your teams find success, like the Niners, like the Eagles, when the best players are the leaders and the ones that are making a difference and it matters the most, everybody else is going to follow suit. And that's where you get your fourth and fifth rounders playing like second and third. You made an excellent point. Both of you guys made excellent points about that. And uh, it's funny, it reminded me, I'm rewatching The Last Dance right now, just kind of filling the time at night while I'm doing stuff. And there's the scene, like episode six or seven or whatever, where uh, – Steve Kerr and Judd Bushler and all these guys that came in after the first three-peat, they're talking about Jordan. And Jordan is like, look, I didn't ask any of those guys to do anything that I don't do. Like, I, if they're running laps or lifting weights or whatever it is, you got to put in the work to, to be champions with us. You guys came in off the tail end of what we did three years ago, and you guys didn't have anything to do with it. So, like, he, he's he, – what you just said, you know, if you're seeing Michael Jordan out there running 20 laps or whatever, it's going to make you want to run 20 laps too. The leader is doing these things gonna make you want to do that now i'm not saying bryce young's not doing that he's a rookie uh and it, by all accounts it sounds like people want to gravitate to him and i did see some instances in the game on sunday where it felt like bryce was trying to be more assertive in terms of being vocal like in the huddle like trying to get his guys going which i did not see the first couple of weeks which is understandable 
he's starting to get comfortable. I don't really feel this whole uh, Bryce Young is not playing well vibe. In, in fact, it feels like he's I getting he's better. Playing, I, I think yeah. he's playing really good. I think he's still making – I think a lot of, you know, errors that are being made with the, the, the picks and stuff like that, that can be a mixture of a lot of things, right? That it can, be routes, it, can be, it, it can be bad routes. It can be, you know, not confident in, you know, the protection. It can be all types of things. I mean – that would be him thrown his way, but yeah, Bryce right Bryce right now is playing to what we should have expected. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think everyone going into this year is ex- their expectations were that oh we're gonna be the 49ers. No, the 49ers are the 49ers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> establish that 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 dog that alpha. Right? Yeah. You know that's what Tom Brady. He didn't come out with that. He earned mm-hmm. it. Earned it. Yes. Because when he came in the defense was really the stars of those Patriots teams. That's right. So, Rookies and those guys. Yeah. That's right. But he started he started commanding excellence from everybody else. And the Michael Jordan factor, the Kobe Bryant factor, the Wayne Gretzky factor. Hey, uh, we're going to do this. Uh, and uh, I refuse to lose. And if you're not, you know, he had the ear. If you're not going to do this, you're not going to be on this ship. If you're not pulling in my direction, then you're gone. So right. that's where that's where Bryce Young eventually will earn that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard for any rookie to come in there and establish that with with veteran players. Let me ask you this right. before we end. This will be the, the, the last one here. Let's do Let's You had something else uh, before we get out of here. Um, again, presented by Bet Online. You can catch us every Tuesday uh, in the season. Uh, you, you, I, I forgot you said you also played for the Rams as well. Who wins in a four by four hundred meter relay? The greatest show on turf, or our opponent on Sunday, the Miami Dolphins? Oh gosh, they got Tyree Kill, but uh, we have speed everywhere. All of our linemen could could run too. So um, you know, big enough. We're getting compared to them. Like yeah. I haven't heard anybody get compared to the greatest show on turf until. This year, like even the Chiefs never got that comparison, and these yeah, Dolphins are getting and, right now. I mean, uh, Tyree Kill is a de- he's a cheetah. I mean, his stop and start, everybody runs four three at that position. Let's be honest, that you know, offense and defense. The, the, DB the running back, most are most are is fastest to, fast too. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, man, the, the kid, the guy, the child. yeah. But the difference, <laughs> the differences in which is the speed in which you play. And the stop start in which you get out of your breaks. I mean, there is nobody keeping up with 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 uh, Tyree Kill. And you know, I know the uh, guys before you said, "Hey, listen, let's get up and press the." No, hell, hell, no, you ain't pressing Tyree Kill. You can't. That's you, like can't <laughs> you can't catch. Right. And so you go up there and try to press him all you want when he runs by you. Um, you know, and that's where a guy like Steve Smith and Tyree Kill and and all those other guys are are going to be you know just difference makers. And, uh, you know, why they can do things uh, the way that they're doing them right now. They open the game up for everybody else. They make uh, it, it easier to throw through those windows underneath because the gap is so so big between the linebackers and the safeties because they have to play so deep to keep things in front of them. And then you, they just eat you up underneath. So um, the greatest show on turf was fast. We had a lot of playmakers. And uh, we had a, a trigger puller that knew where to go with the ball right away. So, um, we played faster. They may be faster as far as uh, you know, clock watch, uh, stop stopwatch. That '99 Rams team is one of my favorite teams of all time. Just because Marshall Falk was one of my favorite players of all yeah, time. Marshall hey, Falk was my favorite. Yeah, man, I love some Marshall Falk, which is probably why I love Christian McCaffrey too, because he's kind yeah. of the same type player. Yeah, same, um, same type of player. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Panthers, Dolphins, one o'clock Sunday. Uh, I, I've I've said it all year. I'm waiting for the week when it actually happens. Usually, Carolina has one game every year. We're not supposed to have any business winning, and we win that game. I don't know if it's this week. I hope it is. <laughs> Going into the bye week with a win. That would be a good Miami. confidence one. Yeah, it'd be great. We, we were on third and fourth string cornerbacks, and we beat Miami. That would be something to talk about. Um, and then we have the bye. So we haven't even discussed what we're going to do uh, during the bye week. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll figure that out when we get to it next week. Um, but we got to get out of here. We're up against it. Uh, shout out to the Perfect Goal podcast that came on with us, the Believe and Dolphins podcast hosts, uh, Sam and Chris, that joined us in the first half of this. Uh, shout out to Frank Garcia, who stopped by tonight to give us a little insight on Go what's going on in the locker room. And uh, I love high school football talk in this one, too. Like, we had a little bit of everything. So, uh, appreciate everybody. And, of course, my man, Jay Stu, all-time Panthers leading rusher in the house, uh, here with us tonight as well. So, um, anything else you got, Stu, before we get out of here? No, nah, man. Uh, yeah. Just pray for good health. Uh, pray for uh, Frank Garcia's team uh, this weekend. Shout out Charlotte Catholic. Yeah, y'all are four A. Yeah, 
Yeah, we're we're gonna need who, who, who's who, who's your dog on the team. Uh, we we got a couple. We got a kid going to Notre Dame, uh, tight end. So okay. they, they keep they keep so give the so give the ball to him. <laughs> yeah, we're like, he's our tight end H back. So we're gonna try to get him the ball as much as we can. And, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna put so we're gonna put this in the air now. If Charlotte Catholic and East Forsyth see each other in the Western playoffs somewhere, which is a, a very good chance they could run into each other. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna come find you. We're gonna we're gonna okay. see each other and get to meet face to face because I, I do uh I do the uh, radio for uh, right. for awesome. and they're always in the thick of things. So, um, man, that that's three weeks from now. Like we're literally almost through the season. This is crazy that we're past the halfway point already. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so we'll get out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week. You can catch the audio version of this on the Believe Podcast Network, all major podcast platforms. The video version of this is out. Again, go go sign up and uh. Uh, follow us on our new Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Just look up Believe in Carolina Panthers. You'll be able to find us there uh, and start to follow us there for exclusive content, things of that sort. So uh, for Jonathan Stewart, for Frank Garcia, for the Perfectville Podcast, uh, and for Believe Podcast Networks, we are out as the Believe in Carolina Panthers pod presented by Bet Online. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.